yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU. Yeah. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington still out on assignment. We'll have AD Jew joining us as we get into some of the marching post segments into our games of the week. Remember, on the second half of the show, we're going to get you some updates as you will be have opportunity, I should say, to also co-watch us and the South Carolina State at North Carolina Central MEAC game. So we're going to switch up our games of the week. We're going to give you the major division early such we can have it before the game to kind of give you some insights as you get ready to get into it. And in the second half, we'll get back into our mid-major uh, game analysis. Uh, with that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Full slate of games this weekend, so looking forward to it. Got some uh, great matchups starting with tonight. You mentioned South Carolina State and uh, North Carolina Central. Get it on night in Durham, so that should be a good one. With that being said, Welcome to episode 450 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, from institutions large and small, from the AIA, I should say, to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Faville, along with my co-host and Mike. Washington Charles Bishop filming from our home studios and sending a signal live KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THD Agency, LLC. THD Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, let's get into some news of the day. What's on your mind, Charles? Yeah, let's take a look at it. Let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk a little basketball. We had a preseason uh, uh, media day, and here's what came from that. Howard University, they nabbed the MEAC top spot and preseason player of the year honor at Shot Odom at Howard University uh, take the MEAC preseason honors uh, for this upcoming 23-24 season. So Howard University sophomore guard Shot Odom was named the MEAC uh, men's basketball preseason player of the year. Uh, Howard was also selected as the preseason favorite to win the MIAC. So we take a look at it. Uh, defending MIAC champion Howard, they picked up 11 first place votes and being named the preseason favorite, followed by the Norfolk State Spartans, who were picked to finish second. Uh, and they also received one first place vote. North Carolina Central and Morgan State were picked to finish third and fourth, respectively. Maryland Eastern Shore, Delaware State, Coppin State, and South Carolina State, they rounded out the predicted 
order of finish. And then we also take a look at the uh, preseason honors first team. Uh, join us out on that uh, first team all MEAC uh, preseason honors. So our teammates Marcus Dockery and Jelani Williams, Norfolk State Christian Ings, and Delaware State's Martez Robinson. So the 2024 MEAC basketball tournament will be held March 13th through 16th at the Norfolk Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. So MEAC preseason basketball honors. Howard taking the top spot. Man, it's, it's that time of the year already. The basketball folks out here taking shape, getting into it. Fascinating when you say what's going on there. Let's welcome Drew in here and see what his thoughts are in regards to uh, any news that he wants to bring into the table. How you doing today, Drew? Happy homecoming, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> touche, yeah. touche. Nice. Yes. Happy homecoming to you, Drew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's give us some uh, swag volleyball. As well as Roy back there in the background producing. We make sure we show love to all the family folks out there. Happy homecoming. Happy and, homecoming. Uh, and my there's, uh, there's BCSN Brad. sports rep co-host Brian Fulford, and you guys did a great job on the ONG strike zone. I know you guys Thank were you. a little, a little awkward it. with the color scheme that we had going on there, but other than that, y'all did all right. I like that <laughs> you, you made me nervous with your uh text that talked about uh, Florida Athletic Methodist and Christian <laughs> University. I think you were making sure that you covered all bases. Yeah, but you know, uh, Prairie View likes to lose to Christian schools, uh, so we decided we were going to change our name for Homecoming Week. Florida <laughs> Athletic and, and Methodist and Christian. So, you know, just, we just got to put y'all in the right mindset for Homecoming. I see, I see. No doubt about it. All Let's get just, fun, great stuff. Let's get to some SWAC uh, volleyball honors. Uh, the Southwest Left Athletic Conference has named Alabama A&M. Saudi Emperor Smith, Alabama State's Trempress Chapman, and Madison Beasley, along with Florida A&M's Camila De La Rosa for SWAC Weekly Volleyball honors. Uh, Emperor Smith had a huge week for the Bulldogs as, as they went 2-0 with the wins over Bethune. And my Rattlers, she had 45 kills and 89 attacks, hitting 405, averaging 5.63 kills per set against FAMU. Damn, why'd she have to do it against FAMU? She recorded a career-high 34 kills. Uh, she was an offensive uh, player of the week. Chapman was named defensive player of the week, moves in eighth place all time at Alabama State with 791 career digs. That's a lot of sore arms on those digs. Mm. After her performance against Florida AM and Bethune this past week, for the week she posted 40 digs and the two wins, including 22 against FAMU and 18 over uh, in the victory over Bethune. Beasley became just the fifth player in school history to reach 2,000 career assists with her performance against. Why is everybody getting the honor who played fam you, man? Yeah, <laughs> And uh, over Bethune, uh, she finished with 52 assists, including a team high 29 against Bethune in just three sets while recording 23 against fam. And I think every week that Swack has given out volleyball honors, a Rattler has been on the list. De La Rosa wow. continues that trend as she picked up her second 
uh, career double-double as a Rattler with 16 digs and 34 assists versus Alabama A&M. She also added three blocks. One of those was solo. Uh, and 20 assists and eight big versus Alabama State. And those are your SWAC Volleyball Weekly Odds. Hey, Drew, I like that little nugget you put out there every week. That's pretty impressive. Go go, 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 go do the research every week this year for 2023. No, I know you, I know you dig on your research. So yeah, like, no, I'm serious. 2023, that's a pretty, pretty good nugget, though. That's been a rattler on the volleyball honors every every week. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And that probably goes back a couple of years as well if we dig yeah. further enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I only know this year's stats. I didn't go back and look at uh 22. I don't I don't know if we got it every week in 22 or you, something. You know I was going to find a way to make a homework assignment out of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just sitting back and listening, not saying a word. Like, oh, that sounds like a homework assignment. <laughs> I got one for the class later if we uh if Brian didn't give it out on Tuesday. So good deal, good deal. We'll we'll get it out there. All right. Charles, go ahead. What else you got on your plate? Yeah, let's take a look at SWAC announces additional uh, Pac-12 SWAC Legacy Series games. Those games are set for ESPN+. Plus. The SWAC announced that an additional game to the streaming schedule of men and women's basketball games that are slated to stream on ESPN+. Plus this upcoming season in conjunction with the league's partnership with the Pac-12. Of course, Pac-12 Swag Legacy Series, educational and basketball scheduling partnership between two collegiate athletic conferences is set to tip off for its second consecutive season. So we take a look at some of the games uh, slated. November 16th, on the women's side, Arizona State will visit the Grandma State Tigers. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus. November 19th, uh, on the women's side again, Washington State will visit the Prairie View A&M uh, Lady Panthers. November 20th, California, Cal Bears will visit Florida A&M uh, Lady Rattlers. And then also on November 20th, Oregon State Ducks will take on uh, FAMU. That's on the men's side of things. And December 19th, fight on the USC Trojans. They will visit Alabama State. So those are your games that will be streaming on ESPN Plus in the Pac-12 SWAC Legacy Series. That's pretty big. It's – uh. Intriguing because after what happened last year, a lot of folks were saying, I wonder if they're going to extend this contract. Well, with the news of the Pac-12, I don't think it matters. Andrew, what were you going to say? That was going to be my question. What happens to this series in 24 and beyond with essentially no more Pac-12? Because it's been great exposure and great opportunity for the universities on both sides and some other Conference, power conference needs to step in and basically take the Pac-12's place. That's a great point. I wouldn't count on the SEC based on the other news we had out there. But with that there is a chance that the Pac-12 may survive. Obviously, there's litigation just for the formalities. You know, we know and follow all sporting news out there, professional college, we just choose to focus on HBCUs. But you have Washington State and Oregon State, and they have a lawsuit against the rest of the Pac-12 that has previously left to see who owns the rights to the conference, essentially. Uh, Previously, when conference teams leave, uh, at least in the Pac-12, and this is similar to a lot of other conferences, that the rights stay with the remaining members. Uh, That happened when USC and UCLA left. 
also happened with Colorado left. All the other teams essentially left at the same time. So there's a little question in regards, is that still the case? Obviously, if you're Oregon State and Washington State, you say that's true and you want it to be the case. But now it's in in a judge's hands, and based on that, because there's a lot of financial money involved, particularly about the NCAA money associated with that conference, uh, and if they kept their rights, they'll do it. And there are people out there that says there's essentially an agreement in place with the Mountain West Conference if the Pac-12, namely Washington State and Oregon State, are able to keep the naming rights and ownership history of the Pac-12. So fascinating to see where that goes, if nothing else, based on the question that both of you all have, particularly you, Drew, what happens to the series there may be a chance, at least, that there is a such thing as a Power 12 in some different type of format. And in that case, you might get extension. Otherwise, I like what you said. It would be great to have another autonomous four in terms of remaining, pick up the partnership and move it forward. With that being said, let's get to the last honors going back to you, Drew, uh, before we get in our first break. Another honors you wanted to get out there? Yeah, let's look at uh, football. But not the kind that you tote the rock in, the kind you actually use your feet in. And that would be SWAC soccer. Southwestern Athletic Conference has tabbed Alabama and um, Victoria Mealing, along with Southern's Ayala, Bailey Williams, and Sydney Bellamy for SWAC soccer weekly honors for their outstanding performance in the past week. Mealing scored two goals for Alabama. Excuse me. The offensive player of the week is Mealing, who scored two goals for Alabama AM during the game against AM and Texas Southern. Defensively, Bailey Williams was a significant contributor on both ends of the field, playing a total of 180 minutes with her ninth start and goalkeeper. Bellamy contributed six crucial saves for Southern during games against UAPB and Grambling State. With that, let me squeeze this in here because Shivery's not dead. I'd be remiss if I didn't do this for the MEAC women. Uh, first team uh, for the MEAC was also announced today along with the, the uh, men. You have Destiny Howe, uh, a guard, senior, out of Howard, six foot, Queens, New York. Kiara Wheeler, a forward, junior, 6'1", Norfolk State, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mossy Staples, a uh, guard, uh, Richard Senior, 5'7", Coppin State from Fort Washington, Maryland. Lamara Hayes, a guard, senior, 5'7", Maryland, Eastern Shore, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Camille Burks, guard, Richard Senior, 5'8", North Carolina Central, Chicago, Illinois. Predicted order of finish, number eight, South Carolina State, uh, 18 points. Number seven, Delaware State with 43 Six is North Carolina Central at 54. Number five is Coppin State, 64. Number four, Maryland Eastern Shore with 67 points. Number three is Morgan State, one first place vote along with Maryland Eastern Shore with 86 points. Howard, two first place votes, 114 points. But a lot of folks have confidence in Norfolk State, the Spartans, to continue direct shop as they've done over the last couple of years with 12 first place votes, 115 points. But just edging out Howard with 114. So it'll be interesting to follow uh, as we get into MEAC play, both on the men's side and the women's side, as Charles gave you the update of what that looked like on that side. With that, let's take our first break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll get into the marching sport. 
uh, as we get that going and give you some updates there in the mid-major division. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a six sense. And a head of display. They're here. Hey, it's a field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love love and root about, So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Professor Drew and Professor Bishop. Let's get right into it. Nobody dropped out of the poll this week, but there are some changes, including changes at the top, Charles and AD. Mm. Receiving votes continue to be Talladega marching tornadoes, Kentucky State mighty marching thoroughbreds, and the Fayetteville State marching Rocco Express. With that being said, number seven, Benedict marching Tiger Band of Distinction, still just 1-0. They continue to fall. They fall from six last week. They're in the seventh spot. 
they're in trouble and danger of falling out. At number six, you have Albany State Albany Golden Rams Marching Show Band, or as Mike would say, Albany, 2-0, and uh, both in terms of overall and in the conference. They're 124 points, and they move up a spot this week. At number five, you have Virginia State Trojan Explosion, 2-1 and uh, overall in the season, 1-0 and in the conference, and they fall as they have not been in action in a couple of weeks. At number four, Clark Atlanta Mighty Marching Panther Bands, had a big victory this past weekend as they entertained uh, Central State. 2-0 overall, 1-0 in the conference race. They move up a spot after the victory. At number three, Winston-Salem State Red Sea of Sound, 3-1 overall. Uh, they got a big victory themselves. They are climbing up the poles, 3-0, but they stay and remain at three this weekend. At number two, Langston Marching Pride, they fall. After no contest this week, 3-0, 2-0, three first-place votes, 162 points. They move from number one. The new number one this week is Miles Purple Marching Machine, 4-1, 3-0, five first-place votes, 164 points. Previous rank two, they have five big-time matchups. They've traveled. They've been on the road. They've gotten some help for getting home games, but they have been in action, and they have been successful when they take the field. Marching into the stadium with the zero quarter as long as the fifth quarter, they're getting it done. With that being said, AD Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven in the HBCU mid major marching sports in week number eight? So, not only does no one want to play the Benedict football team because of how they slaughter everybody, no one wants to watch against Benedict either, it looks like, because they've only had one matchup all season, <laughs> uh, Dr. Kapil. And, and that's, a, that's a very powerful band uh, over there that they've got in Columbia, South Carolina. I, I like the point that you're making. All right. Uh, refresh my memory, Dr. Kapil. Who did Miles lose to? Do you, do you remember? Benedict? Yeah, it, I think no. it was Ben. No, it Benedict didn't come. It was earlier, yeah. maybe in Albany State. Alabama those, State. Um, Alabama State. Alabama State. Yeah, Alabama so, State when they went over early so in the year. So the only loss is to an FCS band. Okay, that's, I, that's correct. Okay, we 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 we'll lead out where it is, but I I have received word that Miles will not be traveling to Albany State this weekend, so we will oh! not have a matchup. Uh, right there. Look, look. Miles is getting ready for the for the uh, Marching Crimson Pipers. They sit at home getting their show ready for the Marching Crimson Pipers. Speaking of the Crimson Pipers, come on now, Clark Atlanta. Come on down and get some of this. We go. You, 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 look, we we know we fired the first, but we want we want the band to feel the pain of you all firing our beloved coach. Uh, I know Slater. that's right. We didn't fire Coach Slater. We, you know, we just let the contract. <laughs> <laughs> y'all fired our guy, so y'all come on out here and, and, and let us stomp all over you. Yeah, he wanted to give him the double because Yeah, because because that shed will will put you to shame. <laughs> watching watching Panthers. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! <laughs> great great analysis, and I feel you as you uh, push forward. As I go to you, Charles, mm. what are your thoughts on the top seven? Uh, looking at the Red Sea of Sound, climbing on up the charts there. Uh, but I, I got tickled at AD. I uh, <laughs> want to get retribution for Coach Slater. <laughs> Bring the band in. 
Hey man, I like. Oh, we need a double buck. That's the kind of band head that I like. General sports fan. Hey man, we yeah, get it any way you live. That's true. But I I said this uh, last week. I said over the next few weeks, uh, the eyes will be on those teams that have those good uh, football teams. The eyes will be on Miles, Virginia State, Virginia Union, Fayetteville State, and Benedict. So you know, want to see some battles uh, coming up uh, over the next couple weeks, or you better have some real strong. uh, performances in the stands and on the field. Speaking of championship, uh, ESPN released their rankings, HB, mm. courtesy of HBCU Game Day, Stephen mm. Gaither, and the fighting Gaithers on the band side. And he's been giving us this update, say they were coming. Well, look what happened. He was correct. Western Salem State climbed to the number one spot in ESPN band of the year. Winston-Salem made a huge jump in the Division II NIA ESPN Band of the Year rankings. See the new top 10. When you talk about their top seven, and you can go to HBCU Game Day to get the full top 10, I'll start it at seven so you can kind of get an idea of what, uh, how it compares, I should say, with uh, Dr. Bill's mid-major poll ranking. At number seven, you have Langston. Previously, we remember when the first release came out, they were number one at the top. So they fall pretty far. And number six, Tuskegee, A.D. Drew. She gets some love. That means they're in fighting distance of the top four. At number five, Savannah State. I have them outside of my top ten. At number four, Clark Atlanta. I do have them in the top seven. Same spot. I can see that. Yep, same spot. At number three, Albany State. I have them in my top seven. I like that. Number two, curious about this, Morehouse is in uh, number two. I do not have them in the top 10. And number one in terms of um, that, and this is auxiliary. So I like the fact that they did analysis of the different spots. They have auxiliary. They do drum majors, musicality, as well as percussions and pitcher slash drill design is the overall framework in terms of what that looks like. With that being said, uh, we'll get into our first break and come back on the other side. I want to get into the, the major division games before we uh, see this kickoff to get y'all thoughts on this matchup tonight in terms of South Carolina State traveling to North Carolina Central to see how you all think our viewers should consider that. So stick with us after we right after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangos Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow so listen to Professor Yes Sir, Yes Sir, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. Let's get into the major divisions of Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We're looking at our HBCU huddle report. Major division game of the week is out of the MEAC, Durham, North Carolina, Old Kelly Riddick Stadium, Thursday at 6.30 Central Time, ESPNU, as you know. South Carolina State, 3-4, 1-0 in the race at number one. At number two, I should say, North Carolina Central Eagles, 6-1-1-0. I was thinking about Josh Seniors and his his rally cry and his plea <laughs> uh, in terms of getting those voters. Not quite enough uh, changing it, but maybe based on how they perform tonight, it might change it up. They're 6-1-1-0. As you know, it's a playoff field. You can't afford to drop any. Both these teams come undefeated where it counts in terms of conference play. What are your thoughts, Drew, in terms of this matchup? Well, let's take the Eagles first. Uh, two consecutive Thursday night games, you know. Just interested in seeing two consecutive Thursday night games. The big advantage this time, they're at home for game two mm-hmm. versus being on the road for game one, where you have a South Carolina State who's coming in on a short week and having to travel on a short week. Advantage, North Carolina Central in that area. What it's going to come down to, can South Carolina State run the ball like Buddy Pugh wants to run the ball, control the clock, and keep that defense off of the field? Whereas Central, well, we know they've got Arguably the top. They, we know they had the best quarterback in the MIAC. They've got one of the top running backs in the MIAC, and they got a damn good defense in the MIAC. So the the shorter South Carolina State can make this game, the better their chances are. But like the old song, uh, you got fly like an eagle to the sea. Mm. Let the spirit carry me home. I'm going with mm. the Eagles. Mm. Good stuff, good stuff. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts? Took words right out of my mouth. I mean, South Carolina State, to me, they have to shorten this game up with that running game. 
and you got to have Tyler Smith. You got to have Juwan Howard. Uh, huge games last week against Delaware State when you talk about both. Uh, Tyler Smith, 122 yards rushing. You also had Juwan Howell with 119 yards rushing. This has got to be a game where that South Carolina State offensive line shows up and sort of wears down North Carolina Central. But I'm with you uh, on this, A.D. North Carolina Central at home, after that showing last week against Morgan State, I think they have a chip on their shoulder. I think uh, North Carolina Central comes back with a vengeance tonight. Charles, you would appreciate this and really like this. North Carolina Central's band, the sounds, they went up to Baltimore on a Thursday. Yeah, hold the yeah. band show in that, and so I was yeah. like, "That's pretty nice, pretty nice, good stuff." Let me stick with you. Around the corner, exactly. But the fact they went up there on a Thursday, you know, it's not a lot of administrators that uh, kind of kick in for that. So you're Tell right. Short distance should, as Charles <laughs> said, they should be on the road. But the fact that they did it is another thing. I guess we can talk mm-hmm. a little more in that when we get in the <laughs> marching sport major division. Uh, mm-hmm. With that being said, let's get into this swag matchup. Um, I have. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, this is my SWAC major division game of the, of the week. We have bonus, so we have two of them. We'll talk about the other one as well, which is probably a little more important. Uh, but this one is intriguing for me for some reason. Texas Southern Tigers travel to Baton Rouge. Uh, it's a 4 o'clock game, and it will not be broadcast. 2-5, and 1-3, and three, or at least on any of the networks, you can go to Southern and pay the fee, and they'll stream it. Uh, at number five, Southern Jaguars at a four and three, three and one tied, three-way tie with Prairie View as well as Alcorn. So this game has a lot of implications. Texas Southern has won the last two games. So Southern certainly is trying to get some uh, kickback. But uh, you'd have to believe that Texas Southern Tigers are not fearful of Southern because uh, they defeated them two years in a row. Uh, Dooley was there last year, even though the first year was under a different coach. They've got it done regardless. So it'll be fascinating to see. They are going to campus. They are going to the bluff this time. So that might make a little bit of a difference. What are your thoughts, Charles? I think uh, uh, Coach McKinney touched on something that uh, really concerned me going down the stretch for Texas Southern. He talked about the depth uh, going down the stretch. He talked about a few injuries here and there. Uh, that could really affect their depth. And you saw that last week against FAMU. They really kind of wore down in the second half. And that FAMU running game uh, really went berserk in the second half, 52 yards at halftime, but they finished with over 250 yards rushing. And guess who's kind of picking up the steam with regards to running the football? Southern, great week last week for Kendrick Grimes. He had 22 carries, 128 yards against Bethune Cookman. And then you got this uh, Texas Southern offense going up against the number one defense in the SWAC uh, is Southern. They're only surrendering 16.1 points per game. I'm, I'm looking for a similar type contest, a little uh, ugly and sloggy in the first half, but I expect Southern to pull things out in the second half, and they break the Texas Southern curse of uh, Texas Southern with these wins the past couple of years. So I think Southern will get the W in this one. Break the curse. Prairie folks at Auckland folks didn't want to hear that. 82. <laughs> Hey, uh, you Nor said this game was not being streamed. Sneaking around as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doc, you said this game is not being streamed, so the revolution will not be televised <laughs> this weekend. Uh, Texas Southern. Let, let, me, let me start with Coach Dooley. Coach Dooley has a propensity not to pay attention to the tape and see what other teams 
do that are, that is successful against their opponents. I give Dooley credit. He's going to do what he is going to do. He is not going to change his game. Charles, I think that was a one-off with them emphasizing the run game the last time that they played. We know Dooley, he he talks that run game, but Dooley want to air that ball out all over the field. But so, can he? That, uh, he don't care. Mm. He don't care whether he can or he can't. He going to damn sure try. And that's what I'm afraid is, is going to happen against, against Southern because he's going to try to do what he may not have the ability to do. It, that's going to lead to mistakes, turnovers, maybe a, a, you know, a costly interception down on, in plus territory for Texas Southern. And somehow Texas Southern has – I think they have enough to win this game and to stay competitive. And Southern will find a way to open the door for Texas Southern. So I'm going with the Southern team with the long name, the two team, the two name Southern team. That's Texas and Southern. Ooh, <laughs> Eddie Drew, I'd be remiss as a uh, guest of ours, regular guest. I didn't give you a chance to speak on the matchup. Charles did this Tuesday with Brian uh, as we brought it up, but this is our bonus game. Tallahassee, Florida, Bragg Memorial Stadium homecoming, breast cancer awareness, SWAC Saturday, uh, 28, 3 o'clock ESPNU. Uh, as it, we have the logo with the experience up there. That's pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> number 10 Prairie AM Panthers, 3 and 4, 3 and 1. And number one Florida AM Dallas, 6 and 1, 5 and 0. Oh, fighting to see if they can put themselves in a position to clinch. Uh, the number one seed out of the Eastern Division. They need some help. You have this little game uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, called the Magic City Classic. And certainly mm -hmm. I say little for, as in a joke uh, with the large crowd that's anticipated for that big-time matchup. Alabama A&M uh, needs to win the game to keep their hopes alive. And obviously, if Alabama State gets it done, then and FAMU wins, Wow, it's locked up before November. With that being said, what does fam you have to do in this matchup, or what is your breakdown in terms of this matchup, or whether it's the Prairie View and the Panthers or the Flood A and the Rallies? So the Ag School from Florida plays the Ag School from Texas, and both have an eye on the scoreboard to see what the Ag School from Alabama does. Because mm. it's going to affect all three of these games. Let's let's just look at the symmetry of, of of these three teams. When was the last time Prairie View traveled to Tallahassee, Doctor DeVille? You would know this probably better than I would. How long has it been? In so, terms of okay, football. How long has it been since Prairie View has traveled to Tallahassee? Oh man, it's been nineteen fifty. 50 since they traveled down there the last time they seen a game uh, so, in terms of that matchup. The uh, reason I the reason I bring that up is because unless you've been at Bragg Memorial Stadium, they say we brag different. It's a totally different type of atmosphere at Bragg than at any other stadium in the SWAC. And I I'm Thinking preview may come out a little shell shock with just the the distraction committee and 
everything else that occurs when you get into that brag atmosphere. And if fam, you can actually get off to a good start with all of that, by the time Prairie View wakes up, they may be down to possibly three scores. So with, with all that going on, Fairview knows what's on the line. Preview knows what's on the line because Preview is actually playing for a possible type of possible home field advantage should these two That's right. finish Great point. one loss. So Preview has a lot on the line. The question is, can Preview withstand that this, this onslaught that FAMU was going to come out with? Because at home, on homecoming, they're going to come out, they're going to come out the gates strong. Can Preview make Musa uncomfortable? Preview is here to shock the world. I, 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 I did want to add I, this part of the history uh, with your question. That's why it kind of shocked me. I was thinking about when they came to Florida, but specifically to Tallahassee was your question. Yes. Prairie View has never come to Tallahassee to play the game. Oh, wow. The previous wow. games were in Jacksonville in Miami. in Miami for the Orange Blossom Classic. Yeah, and, and I say you know the first time that somebody goes into a stadium with 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 a with a loud crowd, you know you you've been to stadiums, and I know Prairie plays at the State Fair Classic every year, but that's their crowd. You understand? Know they play yeah, Texas is. Southern. That's a it lot is. of their crowd. There would be the only purple and gold you're going to see in the, in Brad Memorial Stadium are going to be to your mayors. They were they were not be Prairie View supporters. Not too many of them. So just keep that in mind, Prairie View, as you hit the road. So that's a great point. I will say the most similar game that you will see, which is a heated rival of FAMU, that they've done that is Baton Rouge. Similar size stadium, similar type of fans. Uh, And Prairie View is used to going down there. And they've had some success. And recently uh, they defeated Southern for their homecoming in a similar type of situation. Dante Abert. Get in here. Yeah, I was curious. You said uh, Bragg, uh, the uh, Bragg Stadium, in terms of the atmosphere being, you said that that might be one of the most intimidating uh, atmospheres in the swag. Doing do, do, do events like that, doing do a homecoming game, Southern game, when that stadium is full, it is an intimidating atmosphere for the for the opponent. Now, now when we only got about 18,000, yeah, it's, it's like any other stadium. But but when it's when it's overflowing, like it will be on Saturday. That's that's an intimidating stadium. That's an intimidating place to play. Yeah, I give a preview. They played the SWAT championship uh, in front of fifty thousand or so uh, a couple of years ago. So, but how, something how to think about how, how many how many preview fans were there? How many but, preview, how many preview fans making this trip? We had the nerve to make this trip I, down to homecoming because we I sold a lot of tickets before a lot of uh, Panther fans had the you'll opportunity be, to get You'll be tickets. surprised, the preview yeah. folks, they're going to find that we're in there because I yeah. got messages, those that were flying out today that are already there. I had made plans myself to get in there. So um, preview travels quietly. Uh, in a significant matter. The other thing is you have a good group of Prairie View folks out of Atlanta. They're going to get tickets. I, I would agree with you when you put the caveat. You said one of the, and you're exactly right. It's one of oh, the. Yeah. Yeah. The unique thing, and that's great about the SWAC, is the fact that you have significant matchups. Going into Alcorn for their homecoming is nothing to sneeze at. Going to Southern in their house for a homecoming is nothing to sneeze about. To be honest with you, even though they're much smaller, 
uh, stadiums <laughs> going into uh, Valley, which is a hard place to get to, or Pablo, but a homecoming is nothing quite like it. But all that being said, I get your point. And that's what's nice about uh, the SWAT is the tradition of the teams, particularly for homecoming. You can get yeah. some exciting things. Before we get this next break, I have to give you an update. Some people are cheating and watching it out there. Uh, big play by North Carolina Central, pass play. Uh, they took it to the house. Uh, Central is already up. The Eagles are already up 7-0. to zero. That's why you're in the commercial break. They went to the uh, run play that was stopped, and they come back. Will Wright route essentially out of the backfield over the top. Seven, about 70-some-plus yards. With that, let's get into our next break. We'll come back on the other side and give you some updates. I did want to do this quickly because I had a chance to share this on the ONG Strike Zone, and AD, you brought it up. I think it would be nice to get it out to our viewers. I know many of us share the viewers. Uh, but the overall record in this matchup, just historically, is 4-2, Prairie View's favor. Prairie View has won three out of one in the OBC. Um, big number because FAMU didn't lose much in the OBC. While Prairie View has not been to the campus of Tallahassee, Prairie, uh, FAMU has come to Prairie View one time. And in terms of that, it was a loss. FAMU got it done on the campus of Prairie View. Prairie View also had a Prairie View Bowl, significant bowl that was similar, actually predates the OBC. Uh, and FAMU was in that game one time, championship game. And in that matchup, Prairie View got it done. So the overall record is four and two uh, with five of those matchups being in the end of the year games. Knicks was just two and two overall against Gaither in terms of head-to-head -head matchup, one and one in OBC. 1-0 in the Prairie View Bowl, and I was at 0-1 on the campus of Prairie View. 1936, when you asked the question, in terms of first matchup, Prairie View won 25-0. Panthers in that year were 4-4-2 out of the SWAC, and the Rallers were 2-4-1 uh, and 2-2-1 and in terms of SIC play. That game was in the Orange Blossom Classic in Jacksonville, Florida, um, and Prairie View won it in terms of that matchup. Prairie View lost to Tuskegee in their very own Prairie View Bowl that was played after that on January 1st in 1937, uh, causing them uh, not to earn any championship in that matchup. 1937, Prairie View won 27 to 14th. That was in the Prairie View Bowl. That was played January 1st, 1938. That was in Houston. Panthers was 6-4 and four overall in that season. They defeated the SIAC champs, which were the Rattlers, that was 7-1-1, 5-0-1 in the SIAC. It really gets good and takes up a notch 20-some years later, 15-some uh, years later in 1953. Prairie View wins 33, FAMU 27. So Prairie View has won three straight matchups, including the 1953 matchup in the Orange Blossom Classic. This time the OBC was played in Miami. Both teams come in as champs. FAMU was the champion of the SIAC, 10-1 overall, 4-0 coming out of the SIAC. SWAC champs, Prairie View was 12-0 overall, 6-0 as champs of the SWAC. Both of them were co-national champions, Panthers, Rattlers, who also shared with Tennessee State in 1954. Uh, you have these matchups going in here 
in terms of FAMU getting payback in 1954. FAMU won 19-7. That game was over Prairie View on campus. Both of them were SIEC. Both of them were conference champs, SIEC. FAMU was 8-1, 4-0. Prairie View was champs of the SWAC, 10-1, 6-0 in terms of what that looked like. Um, You had a three-way championship, five-way championship, Rallis, Panthers, North Carolina Central, Southern, and Tennessee State. Your co-national champions, 1958, Prairie View 26, FAMU 8, Orange Blossom Classic. SIEC champs were FAMU, 8-1 overall, 4-1, 5-0 in the SIEC. SWAC 10-0-1, 5-0 in that one. National Black College champion, Prairie View unanimous, followed by 1959, the end of the series, FAMU 28, FAMU 7, I mean Prairie View 7, Orange Blossom Classic in Miami. This time, Rattlers get the last laugh. SIAC champs 10 0, 5 0, SWAC 9 2, 6 1. National Black College champion for the Rattlers as they were unanimous. Prairie View did beat Wiley in the um, Prairie View Bowl, second to the last edition of the bowl game. The team was ranked number 14 in the final UPI Coaches Small College Bowl champion, Family Rattlers, as they close up the series. A little bit of history there uh, in regards to Prairie View. And Panthers coached by Billy Nix, uh, Jake Gaither to let you know the rich history that was there. Let's take our break, come back on the other side and get in the major sports as North Carolina Central still holds the lead 7-0 in the first quarter of that game. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. 
www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yesser yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Before we get back into it, let me give you an update. A big punt return by North Carolina Central that puts them in South Carolina territory on their second drive. Coach Trey Oliver is fired up on the sideline. And I get to part of that is the fact that he hadn't got it done against Coach Buddy Pugh. So as Buddy Pugh is retiring, I think he has a lot of respect for him, but he sure wants to put that L on him before he gets out of here. <laughs> that being said, let's go to the major division of the uh, marching sport. No team dropped out this week. Receiving votes by Howard, the Showtime Marching Band, North Carolina A&T, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine. Florida A&M, the Marching 100, the Rattlers are still up in here. Let's get into our top seven. No changes at the top. Some changes around the poll ranking. And number seven, Tennessee State, the Aristocrat of Bands, two and one. Uh, this past weekend, obviously, two weeks ago, they had to match up with Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion. Couldn't quite get it done. Very close, great matchup. But they stayed in number seven, remaining at seven this week in week number eight. Number six, you have Texas Southern, the Ocean of Soul, three and oh. Undefeated this season, but they haven't had a matchup in the last couple of weeks. They've fallen a spot, a spot, I should say, to number six after previously being five. Bringing us to number five, Mississippi Valley State, Mean Green Marching Machine, 4-0, 1-0. Big matchup with Jackson State, Sonic Boomer South, 150.8 points. They fall from the five spot. I think they actually handled Jackson State really well, but Jackson State had Got a lot too of much for them. Yeah, it Got wasn't just plays, that. But... It wasn't just that. It was the fact that they did a honor to the the young man, the alpha young man that fell, and they played. They had his initials. They played a song that honored him. Mm-hmm. And I think when you put that kind of emotion, you don't have to worry about anything else. The matchup was good. It wasn't just about having too much, as you think about the Sonic. But you do something like that, you get people's attention, and you don't get the votes. I, I just I don't see how you. And not, and they did it in a very tremendous, moving, yeah. moving fashion. And number four, Southern Human Jukebox. They fall from number two, two spots. They had some bad luck. They hadn't had matchups over the past couple of weeks. Some of it's not their fault, but other teams are matching up, getting it done. And they fall from two all the way to four, four and one, two and one, still holding one first place vote. And number three, yeah, the Bethune Cookman, the Marching Wildcats, three and zero, one and zero. They get it done. Surprising at home, Jacksonville, Florida. They get it done against Southern Human Jukebox. Lackluster performance. I think being off kind of hurt you know, the Jukebox. They were right in the mix. They still have one first place vote, one hundred six points. They move up three spots to number six. And number two, Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South, with that win over Mississippi Valley. They jump all the way up to the two spot from number three, five and one, four and zero, oh, uh, as they continue to get it done. One first place vote, one hundred ninety eight points. Number one still remains Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion, five and zero, oh, seven first place votes. As they lose one first place vote of being off this week, but they remain at number one. With that being said, what are your thoughts on the rankings? Starting with you, Charles. Uh, let's see what happens with Sonic Boom this week. They'll take a week off. They will not be going to UAPB. Uh, but 
Uh, I, I was trying to look and see where Bethune Cookman was going to be this week. Yeah, Bethune Cookman at Grambling. So it looks like Bethune Cookman won't be traveling as well. Uh, Southern Human Jukebox. They got a, a good tilt with Texas Southern. Top, top, That's the top one. Seven matchup. That's yeah. the one you're looking for. That's the I one know you were looking for. You gonna yeah. get it. <laughs> I was trying to find it. I was like, wait a second. Okay, that's, that one going to have some fire to it. Hey, it's a little salty over there, too. They didn't took it to the last couple of years in the class. Yeah, so they, yeah. Man, yeah. you got the son coming back home, and you know he's going to be ready to show out. They ain't performing uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm really ready to show out. On the morning. It's yeah. going to be fire down there, fireworks, whether it's on the football field in the stand or post the game in the fifth quarter. That one should be good. That's going to be a good one. Yep. Live 80, Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of the margin sport this week? Rankings, week number seven. Does anything in here really surprise anybody? <laughs> Here's a question. Charles kind of perked up a couple of them. I think he was questioning where they were ranked. I think Here's he was surprising when he saw Bethune Cooper sneak up that high. The question becomes, is Norfolk State, are they going to have some battles going down the stretch? That's, that's my question. Is our Spartan Legion going to mix it up with somebody? Uh, they might not have but one more. Mm. They need to get on the road to probably make sure they get maybe two. So, I personally, I think it's going to be hard for them to stay number one. Mm-hmm. Um, they put in a lot of work, so they probably top four. So, it'll be interesting there. Um, and more importantly, they're certainly in the mix for um, the ESPN rankings. And after A.D. Drew talks about his thoughts, uh, we'll get an update on that. No, I mean it's 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 pretty much cut and dry with this. Uh, wait a minute, I, I lost my little, just lost my place on the on the ranking. Now all of a sudden, my computer locked up, and I'm trying. No to problem. Refresh. As you as you were getting in it and give your yeah. thoughts. Let me jump to uh, HBCU game day as they released it, and then I'll come back and get your thoughts. Uh, They released their top ten. They have ten, Alabama State, the Marching Hornets. Number nine, Family Marching 100. Uh, um, Eight, Tennessee State, Aristocrat Bands. Number seven, Southern University. Human Jukebox at number six, Previan and Marching Storm. Take a break here and give you an update in terms of the matchup. Charles checking it out. Uh, they had drove all the way down to in, right outside the 20. Uh, the previous play, before they got the interception, the tight end was wide open coming off with a slant. He drops the ball, and it hits the defensive back in the hand. He drops it. The next time, they tip it up, and they make sure they catch it. So you got an interception. South Carolina State has the ball back. Let's get in the top five. The Thune Cookman. Marching Wildcats, Texas Southern University, Ocean of Soul. Number three, Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South. Number two is Norfolk State, Spartan Legion. So number two, ESPN Poe. Number one, North Carolina A&T, Blue and Gold Marching Machine. So much action going on out here. Uh, South Carolina State fumbles the ball. 54 for North Carolina still picks it up, runs it into the end zone. It is 13-0 waiting for the extra point. So even when they get the break, they can't hold on it. With all that being said, AD drew a lot going around. What are your thoughts? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, the, the question is can Bethune or Southern sneak in and knock off one of those top two? You know, everybody wants to see 
the boom in the box in Atlanta. But, well, let me rephrase that. Everybody in the SWAT seems like they want to see the boom in the box. But the rest of the HBCU sports diaspora wants to see, you know, somebody else. Now, we don't know where they are in the, uh, in the official rankings, but looking at your uh, ranking, Dr. Kabir, Norfolk State is, go is, is going to be tough to beat. Norfolk State just has that sound. They are there in the they're there in the MEAC. Nope. Honestly, I don't think anybody in the MEAC is going to challenge them. Point blank. Question is, can can the can the can the boom who's sitting number two right now have enough challenges to be able to overtake Norfolk State? Got Texas Southern, got all corn. That, that, that's too. That's that's enough. Oh no! I mean, they the, the opportunity hey, is going to be had, there. They also had a Bayou Classic. Yes, yeah, so I said the Bayou boom. Classic. Yeah. Oh, the boom. Yeah, I'm talking about the boom. Oh, they yeah, come I, I, uh, Texas Southern going up for Jackson State. Yeah. Well, I'm a my the something. Yeah, because they came down, Southern. didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. Was pretty good. They were returning that. Great point. It'll be interesting going down the stretch. I will say this. Um. Obviously, what is more important than our poll ranking, not to say that I don't love what we do here, but I was stunned with this. Southern fell to number seven. So as you talked about being in that top four, uh, they might find a way to be in the top four in our poll, but they got some work to do. with the, And remember, they only have one more chance to present their case for the end of December. Uh, end of November, I should say. They were seven overall. They break down the auxiliary. Check this out. Top four in terms of auxiliary. This is auxiliary, according to the those that rank these. Uh, number four, Texas Southern. Number three, North Carolina A&T. Number two, Norfolk State. Number one, Jackson State. Southern ranked all the way at number eight. Mm. Drum majors. Number four, North Carolina A&T. Number three, Alabama State. Number two, Prairie View A&M. Number one, Tennessee State. Southern was number six in terms of drum major. Musicality, number four, Southern. We always recognize them for that. I think pretty easy. Number three, Norfolk State. We've learned a lot about them. Number two, Jackson State. Obviously, many people certainly appreciate the musicality of the boom. Number one, North Carolina A&T. A lot of folks on that side of the track, if you want to use that frame, have always told us about A&T and Norfolk in terms of their musicality. So that's answering up. Percussion, number four, Jackson State. Number three, Morgan State. Number two, Norfolk State. Number one, North Carolina A&T. Just out of that, I got to give a shout out. Number five is Prairie View. Southern is missing in the top 10. So they might be at 11 or 12 because they rank all of them, but they're outside of the top 10 in terms of percussion. That so, percussion thing, that, that's going to always rest in the MIAC. They, 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 they are that's gonna always rest on those MEAC schools because they they really feature their percussion. That that's that's just something you don't see a lot in sweat. And you see that with Prairie View, they tend over the years. The Prairie View has, yeah. It yeah, has that box. kind of framework. Mm -hmm. But I agree mm -hmm. with you, but I never would have thought something would be out of the top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's probably what is bringing their overall ranking down. And remember, it's what you submit. So you better really think about what you're going to submit for them to analyze. They could have just had a bad week and they decided they submitted. Mm -hmm. um, and you see the proof, or at least what they think. 
Uh, the last one here before we take our final break, come back and do the matchups at the mid-major level. Pitcher slash drill design, top four with Jackson State, Bethune-Cookman, Norfolk State, North Carolina, A&T. You see Jackson State relatively high in all these rankings, which is easy to see. You see A&T ranked high in all these rankings. You see Norfolk high in all these rankings and what you see in there. They do have Southern at five just outside of that to give you some indication there. Tennessee State, FAMU, just to give you some other ones outside of that. Those are the five measures they use. And so I thought that was fascinating. And the fact that they added that from last time gives you some more clarification. So I have some appreciation of that. With that being said, let's go to our next break. Come back in on the other side. We'll give you our final segment in regards to the mid-major matchups to watch this week. We do have one crucial one because we have the conference that keeps on giving, which is the SIAC top seven matchup. We'll get into that. With that being said, 8.30 left in the first quarter. North Carolina Central's Eagles are up 14-0. South Carolina State has the ball. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this last break. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love you, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Let's get into some of our mid-major matchups for this week as we get going and get into it. Excited about what's going on at the mid-major level. We're going to start with the CIAA mid-major division game of the week. I'm going to go with the Virginia State Trojans. You don't have a lot of teams in action in terms of top seven matchups. But I thought this was a key one important. Virginia State Trojans, they lost last week upset probably of the year for most people as they were undefeated, particularly who they lost to, Elizabeth City State, that was winless in the conference. They get it done, 17-16, can't quite get it done, and it falls down. But now they face a Lincoln, Pennsylvania team that's pretty hot, trying to get their first winning of the season. Uh, in, in some seasons, I should say, they're 4-4 four and four overall, 3-3. Three and three. Uh, I have them top. 13 in my overall rankings in terms of what that might look like. Uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time, that's high noon Eastern. Uh, it is in Rogers Stadium, Eric, Virginia. With that being said, Charles, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Can Virginia I, State bounce back? I bet Virginia State will bounce back in a big way, and I'm looking for Jordan Davis to have a, a huge bounce back game. Uh, in the loss last week, uh, 282 yards passing. But uh, no, now I I cannot see Virginia State dropping this. Not back to back. 
Good stuff. Char uh, Drew, I got to ask you the same question. Uh, you shook your head like you don't see it either. Trojans have a problem bouncing back, making that Virginia Union game all it's supposed to be worth? There's no way <laughs> in hell Virginia State would lose this game knowing what they have at stake. Yeah. Yeah. But as, as quick as I say that, I think back to Virginia Union last year dropping a game against Shawan. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I, I'll never go 100%. I'll go 99.1%. Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm going to stick with you. SIAC, top matchup, number three, Miles Golden Bears, six and two, five and one. Want to stay in that race? Chasing that elusive number two spot. They're at Albany State Golden Rams at a four and four, four and two. This is in Albany, Georgia, University Coliseum, 4 p.m. It's on Black College Sports Network. Check us out. Check it out. With that being said, I have Albany State ranked 14th overall in the mid-major strength rankings. With that being said, Drew, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Look, let's start with Albany State. And as you know, I live down here in the Albany area. There's some people talking uh, in Albany. In, in Golden Ram fans who are a little bit disappointed in the fact that Albany State is still in the race, but not, not the number one position. Go, mm. go figure that. You know, the man ain't playing with his players. He ain't had a chance to recruit his own players yet, and he still got y'all in contention. But y'all want to scream and holler? Anyway, <laughs> Miles. Miles knows what's on the line. Miles know they cannot afford to lose this particular game. So Miles, Miles has the better quarterback. Miles has the better running game. Miles has the better defense. Mm -hmm. There's no reason Miles should not win this particular ball game to set up a golden match between the Golden Bears and the Golden Tigers on next Saturday in Fairfield, Alabama. That is the one to look at. I have to agree with you, but I want to know what Charles thinks about this matchup. Uh, I think Miles will be focused. Uh, and it's, it, it, playing a team like Albany State with a running back like Freddie Gaines, you're forced to be focused. Uh, he had a big game last week. Uh, when you take a look at what he was able to do, 128 yards. Uh, but like you said, too much is on the line for Miles. And like you said, uh, AD, the better, they have the better quarterback the better running game, and the better defense. Edward Klein Peter is going to have another huge game. I got the Golden Bears in this one. Good stuff. That'll do it for today. I do need to make one correction. Uh, Black College Sports Network, BCSN, does not have this game. It will not be televised in terms of that matchup. You do have a Benedict versus Savannah State on ESPN uh, family of networks, so check it out. We do have the audio of the Tuskegee versus Clark Atlanta University with the video replay on Sunday. So be sure to check it out if you want to see the replay on Sunday and certainly catch the audio live. Tuskegee is in the race in regards to chasing that number two spot. So it should be a good one uh, in terms of what that looks like. Uh, I'm not sure as we broke it down that Clark Atlanta really has a chance. But uh, Chalk A.D. Drew told you a little bit about his uh, personal desire. 
of what he wants to take place. So we do need to see next week uh, does it get taken care of. With that being said, thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, uh, A.D. Drew, doing his thing tonight. With that being said, uh, with two members of the X's and O's crew, make sure you check out B.J. Jones every week, curator of the HBC Weekly on Tuesday, Joshua Sims, senior curator of HBC Nightly on Wednesdays. They join us on Sunday along with Drew as we get you going at 9 o'clock giving you a breakdown of what took place on the HBCU landscape on Sunday morning. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bills Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock, Sunday at 9. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cabill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dream big, continue to move forward, and follow them rattlers out there. Happy homecoming. I hope the Panthers ruin it, but that's another discussion. <laughs> we look, <laughs> just kidding. Y'all enjoy your homecoming. We look, well, just partly kidding. I do want you to enjoy your homecoming, but I do hope Purdue takes care of business. I'm not sure about it, but I do want that to happen. We will talk with you soon. Charles, horse, get me out of here, Drew, before I get in trouble. Happy homecoming, Rattlers. Ball and parlay, Skiggy. Let you. Dismiss.